Hello, and welcome to this episode of the CEO Shift. I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers today. I want to talk about if you have a partner that is in the same dwelling as you, then if you are not communicating your needs to that partner, but then getting upset that things aren't being done in a way that's efficient or you feel like everything is on your plate or you feel like you don't have any help, then that's on you, not on them. So if you're still listening, let's dive into this episode. So before you come at me with your pitchforks, (laughs) please understand that I know that there is a big difference between having a partner that listens to what you are saying and helps you get out of the situation where you feel like you're drowning versus someone who you are communicating that you are drowning and they are standing there with the life jacket or the life-saving device and they refuse to throw it. Those are two completely different conversations. But what I want to talk to you about today is you being in a place of feeling overwhelmed, burnt out, exhausted, all of the things, but you aren't having that communication. You aren't having that conversation with your partner to kind of loop them in and let them know like, hey, I'm feeling this way. Here is how I can or we can come up with a plan on making sure that I'm able to get done everything that I need to get done. And you're able to get done everything that you need to get done. And the home has everything that it needs. And our family has everything that that they need, whether that family is kids or dogs or horses or a family of rabbits, (laughs) whatever dependence you have, making sure that everything's getting taken care of. Now, This is something that I've wanted to touch on for a really long time, but have always felt very scared about chatting about because it's, it's vulnerable. It's a crappy place to be. I'm, you know, I'm certainly not a therapist, but it's something that I hear regularly when, when talking to clients or even my friends, you know, they complain or they, they're, they're saying something along the lines of, you know, I just feel so overwhelmed. The house is a wreck. I can't focus on the business. I'm being pulled in 105 different directions, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what I want to do today is give you some actionable tips that will hopefully start the conversation with your partner to take you from where you're at right now to being in a better place. I'm speaking on this from experience. I am not somebody who, you know, has gone to marriage counseling or or something like that. I have been in therapy. That's something I'm not shy about. But like my husband and I have never been to counseling together. I think we went to one session together like years ago. So what I am telling you is based on my experience and what has worked really well in in my relationship. And I'm going to give you two different scenarios because I've been the person that had a partner that wasn't listening, even though I was communicating. And then same partner, (laughs) 
I, you know, I, I reiterated it in a different way. And now our home management balance is, is much more balanced. And he is very cognizant of when I'm stretched thin and he will just kind of step in and take care of things. So the first thing I want you to do is if you are at a place where you are not holding a grudge, but you feel yourself getting resentful, then now is the time to start looking at these actions, to start these conversations. Because what I have found is once you start building that resentment, once you get to a point where you feel like it's past the point of no return, you you feel absolutely defeated in your relationship, it can be really, really hard to bridge that gap and make a comeback. So first thing I want you to do is acknowledge your feelings and understand that if you're feeling defeated, if you're feeling alone, you're feeling isolated, then all of those are valid. And now you have a choice. You can either stay in that space and stay in the space of, I have to handle all the mental load and then I have to do everything physically and I have to do a list for for him. And then sometimes I have to nag him to do the list. And you know, you can stay in that space and just spiral out of control. And I feel like there is part of this movement in social culture where we have to play to that martyrdom in order for us to be seen. I don't want to subscribe to that. Now, let me just preface this. I have. I 100%. I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine at the time and both of our husbands just weren't felt like they weren't listening to us. And we would go and we would just go on these vent sessions back and forth about our relationships. And after a couple of months, probably longer than that, after a few months, I think it was, I was, I was getting into therapy and I was really starting to like deconstruct some things. And I realized that feeding into that negativity wasn't going to get me the results I wanted. And the result I wanted was a happy marriage, a happy relationship, a, you know, a partnership that I'm excited when they get home and he's excited when I'm home. And, you know, we, we bounce ideas off of each other and we dream together and, and all of those things. So the first thing I had to do was I had to stop feeding into that negativity because when you are I know there is a a parable or a proverb or something to, you know, one of those natures. I cannot remember who said it, but basically like we all have good and bad wolves within us, right? Like we all have good and bad spirit energy within ourselves. And the one that is going to thrive is the one that you feed. I'm just gonna let you sit with that a second. You have both positive and negative energies, experiences, thoughts every single day. But if you're constantly feeding the negativity, if you're constantly going into conversations with how terrible something is going or how rough you have it or how irritated you are or how unsupported you are, you are going to continue that cycle, okay? 
Now, if you have a half decent partner, they probably, we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt for a moment, don't recognize the load that you have. Now, this is something that my therapist really had to work on me with because I'm sitting here. And again, this is portrayed all over social media. I see something and it's a priority, whether that's piled up laundry, dishes, dirty floors, whatever. Now, my husband sees something and that becomes a priority. The back brakes on our car, an oil change, making sure that the, the washer fluid is, is filled, making sure that our tires are in good condition, okay? I don't think about the car at all, ever. <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> like, I accidentally, I was six, 18, I was 18, and the engine on my Ford Ranger blew, like blew. At a pullover, there's smoke everywhere. It was bad. Apparently, it threw a rod. And I'm sure, I don't remember this time. So I honestly cannot tell you if the car had or the truck had any type of like warning light or something on. <laughs> but it probably did. And I just ignored it. My dad takes care of this. So, you know, if he's didn't see it, then, I, you know, can't see me, I can't see you type thing, right? So for me, car maintenance is not a priority, not anywhere on my list. I don't take care of it. I don't think about it. I don't do anything with it. And that extends to how I keep my vehicle. And I know this is a running joke in the, on the internet. Like women always have like this insane, like clutter in their car and that kind of, and 100% I fed that stereotype for years. <laughs> like if I wanted to change clothes, if I probably needed to like live in my car for an extended amount of time unprepared, Jen from like seven years ago would have been fine. I would have had water, food, clothes, probably a blanket. There may have been like a dog hanging out in there. I don't know. It was bad. Okay. So translate this to your home. For you, you see what needs to be done, but your partner doesn't. And that's where that frustration and that resentment and, you know, the, well, we both live here. You don't see it. They don't see it. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's because it's not a priority to them. And that's okay. And that is something that I had months of therapy to work through. Because here's the thing. If you have a marriage you have a partnership, you have whatever you call your, your dynamic. At the end of the day, you just want it to work and you want it to work well. And the way to get there is to communicate and also to let go of the expectations that you may feel they should meet for whatever reason, whether it's the way you were raised or what you see or what you've taken in or what you've read. Throw it all out the window. At the end of the day, you just want your relationship to succeed. And if that means saying, okay, it's not a priority to him. It is a priority to me. How can we meet in the middle? The first thing I want you to do is really let go of that negativity, whatever that looks like for you. It's going to be very, very difficult for you to do the next steps if you're holding on to well. We both live here or, well, he should know, or she should know, or they should know. 
Some people just don't. So let's give the person who we love most the benefit of the doubt. Let's let go of the negativity and let's make a positive path forward. So first thing I do, let go of the negativity. And part of that might be stopping those conversations. If you have somebody that feeds into that and, you know, just is constantly on the woe is me bandwagon, you got to get off of it. You got to get off the bandwagon. And sometimes, unfortunately, that means you're going to have to leave some people behind. And that doesn't mean you have to, you know, completely stop being friends with them or, you know, throw them to the wolves or not support them anymore. But for me, it became, I no longer engaged in those conversations. I made a conscientious effort to only have positive conversations about my husband. And it made a big difference. Okay. So then the next step is to sit down and and have that conversation with your partner in a calm and rational manner. And the reason I say that is because if you are in the middle of things and you try to have that conversation and you're already upset, you're already at a heightened sense of overwhelm or being touched out or anxiety, any of those things, then the conversation isn't actually going to reap the benefits that you want it to. And then it's going to be harder to breach that same topic because that person is going to have their own anxieties about you going off the handle. One of the things that my husband said to me uh, that really like broke my heart is he would ask me to do something in the house And I would like go off. I would get really, really upset. And so he just stopped asking me and he didn't, he didn't communicate anymore. And it, it really, really hindered our, our relationship. So when I recognized that our priorities were different and also understood that that was okay, but also knew that we had to figure out a different way of managing, you know, having a a son and everything that happens with the animals and having a house and I'm running a business and all of those things. We had to figure out a way to communicate that worked well for both of us. Are you ready to run your business rather than your business running you? Then you need HoneyBook. Streamline your processes, get paid even if you're not at your desk, have your form sent out without having to click a button, and get the information you need to provide your clients with an exceptional experience. I've been using HoneyBook for over six years in various businesses and recently switched my business completely over to HoneyBook from another CRM. And I could not be happier with the switch, with the team and the various tools that are now at my fingertips. If this is a system that you want to look at, then I would love to offer you 50% off of your first year if you head to the link in our show notes. Thank you so much. And I hope you love HoneyBook as much as I do. So the first thing that, you know, we, I did was we kind of sat down again, calm, rational, wasn't in the middle of a fight. And I just expressed to him that I was feeling really overwhelmed and burnt out by everything that the business takes a lot out of me. I really needed him to, you know, like, let's figure this out. Like, there's no way I can cook dinner four or five, six times a week because I'm driving two and a half hours every single day. 
and I'm exhausted by the time I get home. And and I'm not going to be the person that like folds laundry at 10 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. It's just not going to happen. So like, let's figure out what do we need to do in order for the house to be maintained, for us to be able to eat at home at least a few times a week, for our son to be taken care of, you know, getting him dropped off and picked up and, and all the things. And then really understanding that however he needed to do the things that we kind of divvied out with each other, he was going to do them. I did not need to tell him how to do them. That's one thing that like, okay, you've been brave enough to have the conversation with your partner about what you what you need, but then you micromanage how they deliver. And that is so hard. There, there is, you know, if you have children, there's this whole like letting them learn kind of through consequences or, you know, instead of telling them to be safe, hey, do you feel like you can do this in a way that will help you achieve your goal while also not being hurt? You know, d- different tactics like that, right? So we encourage our kids to go and learn things and do things in a way that you know, gives them autonomy. But then we turn around and (laughs) tell our partners that they're loading the dishwasher wrong or they're folding the towels wrong. The thing of it is, if the job is getting done, does that actually matter? I think we get caught up in how we do something that when we say, okay, I need you to take care of this, but then we want to micromanage it. You're not actually giving it up. You're not giving that task to that person. You are still managing the task and they're a grown ass adult. Let them do the damn thing. Now, I'm not saying there's never exceptions to this. You know, if you have a specific way of doing something because it has to be done that way or things won't be done on time or you won't get out of the house or, you know, whatever, then then sure. In those scenarios, maybe maybe give them tips. But if they take longer to do a chore and it's not actually affecting you doing your your chores or your home management or your business or, you know, taking care of the kids or whatever, then who cares? Who cares? You cannot delegate a task and then insist on maintaining the mental load because at that point, you might as well have kept the task. So have the conversation with your partner and then be willing to actually let go. Be willing to let them do it however they want to do it. Just because you've been doing it one way for six years doesn't mean it's superior. Simply means that you've been doing it that way for six years. Now, if they come to you and they're like, hey, I'm really struggling with this. What would you do? Or how did you do it? Then by all means, help them out. Give them, you know, tips, tricks, whatever they want. When my husband started taking our son to school, I moved my office at home from an office in town. And, you know, initially I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, make sure that the clothes are laid out every single night so they don't have to hunt for things. And I'll tell them that like, okay, here's the order of how, you know, we, you can do things in the morning and it'll be the fastest. And this is where that will be. And this is where, you know what? 
My husband is a capable, grown-ass adult who is more than capable of getting up, getting himself ready, and then managing that morning and getting our son up and ready without my help. He can get him dressed. He can get his shoes. I don't need to go and put more work on myself for him to be more convenienced the next morning. Now, that's something that's important to, to you as, as, a, as a home manager or a mom or a wife or a partner. Like That is totally fine. There is nothing wrong with it. It would certainly streamline things. But for me, my son has gotten very good about getting up and getting himself dressed. And we've gotten very good about getting the laundry put away. So it really is just a matter of like, okay, pull a pair of pants out of the drawer, pull a shirt off of the hanger, and there you go. Bing, bada, boom, bada, bing. You're good to go. We get caught up in the nitty gritty and the minutia when really, if the stuff gets done, then the stuff gets done. And we have to stop beating ourselves or our partners up if it wasn't done exactly right. Done is better than perfect with everything. Okay. I want you to let go of the negativity and then go into this conversation really not needing to micromanage it. Say like, if you want that, if you want your partner to take over meal planning and grocery shopping, they take over meal planning and grocery shopping. Now they should know you well enough that if you hate fish, they're not going to to make salmon three nights a week. Okay. But if they're going to be handling meal prepping and grocery shopping, then let them handle it. You might need to tell them like, hey, these are my favorite snacks right now. Or like, hey, our son's really enjoying these snacks. You know, like that type of stuff. But my husband knows what kind of snacks our son likes. My husband knows what kind of snacks I like. Delegating those tasks should be taken on by that person. The next thing I want you to do is actually sit down and have this conversation. Now, this is the hard part. This is the part where, you know, you have to outline, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I need help with. And you could say, here's why, if you if you feel like it's relevant or it would be beneficial. I don't necessarily think you have to, depending on the type of relationship you have with your partner. But it's time to actually sit down and have that conversation. And again, doing it in a calm manner that allows them to go back and forth with you, allow them to ask questions or, you know, whatever. They should honor your feelings on the matter, but you also need to honor theirs. And and that's another thing that can be hard in the beginning is a perfect example. When, when my husband told me that he stopped asking me about stuff in the house because he didn't want to be yelled at, that broke my heart. So one of the things that I did was say, listen, I'm really sorry that that was my reaction. I want us to have a home that we both enjoy coming home to. So if there's something that you feel needs to be done and you aren't able to do it or I'm home already or whatever the case may be, let me know. And I promise that I will do my best to listen and do that task without blowing a gasket. And and since then, like he and I can have those conversations. Like, you know, I'll cook dinner, he does the dishes. Or if our, you know, it's bath night or whatever, then you know, I'll say, like, hey, do you want to do bath or do you want to do dishes? Even if I cooked, I'm especially right now, because I'm home basically every single day. So it absolutely makes sense that I cook the majority of the time I'm home. 
he's doing the majority of pickup and drop off with our son. And then he does homework with him most nights and he reads books most nights. So figuring out whatever that balance looks like for your family, but having that conversation and recognizing whatever faults you had in the previous dynamic, you know, whether it was you that was blowing a gasket or you were bottling things or you would micromanage or whatever. Don't come into the conversation just being like, you suck you never do anything. Here's why it needs to change because I'm sick of it. And Jen told me we needed to talk. (laughs) Don't don't do that. (laughs) Come into it with, you know, just an honest heart and saying like, hey, I want us to be better partners. So I want to have a conversation on what that could look like. And let's figure it out together. So from there, then it's really just figuring out, okay, what makes sense between the two of you at that point. For us right now in this season of life, you know, he is heavy on on the kid front. He gets him up in the morning and gets him dressed and out of the house and then goes to work. Most days he's the one that picks him up, makes sure that his homework is done, signs the agenda, you know, does fundraisers, all all of that where I'm heavier on the home management side. So I manage all of the finances and I do laundry during the week and I keep us caught up on the laundry and I'm cooking meals four or five times a week and picking up the house and cleaning the house once or twice during the week. And then as a family, we typically tackle like a deeper clean on, on Saturday or Sunday. So, you know, my son has to pick up his room. Normally, one of us tackles the kitchen, one of us tackles the living room and kind of does like a ceiling to floor clean. And then we're done for the day and we have the rest of the weekend. So figuring out what that looks like for you. Does somebody, can somebody take over, you know, the kids, taking care of the kids and somebody take over the home? That has worked really, really well for us. Now, that's not going to last forever. We're just a few months from summer, even though that's crazy to think about. I've already started looking at summer camps And the one summer camp that I'm most excited about will mean me doing drop off and pick up. So figuring out, okay, now we have to have another conversation of I'm going to be managing the kid, the business and the home. Where can you step in to kind of help mitigate some of the responsibility or are there things that we can slide or can we hire somebody to help or, you know, those types of things. So if you find yourself really overwhelmed in the home and feeling resentful, make sure you have this conversation with your partner and and make sure that you go into it really wanting to work on the partnership, on working through the home management together. You don't want to come into it accusing or angry. That's not going to get you the results you actually want. And I can tell you that our marriage, our relationship is honestly in the best place that it's probably ever been. We communicate, we really, really communicate now. And and that was something that wasn't there three, four years ago. It's It's something that both of us have really worked on. And my husband has like really, really worked on. He knew that he hurt my feelings a couple of weeks ago. I was going into a meeting with this finance coach that we're getting ready to hire. And 
you know, this was the first call. He was supposed to be on the call with me. And he ended up not getting on the call with me. Part of it, he was actually helping our son with homework. Um, But then once they were done with homework, instead of coming into the call late, like he initially said, he just didn't come into the call at all. And so when I got off the call, I was thinking like, he's no longer interested in doing this. I just wasted an hour of my time. I wasted this person's time and, and kind of feeling really upset because there was, you know, the plan was he gets home, we do this, and then we're going to get on this call. And that didn't happen. So instead of, you know, kind of flying off the handle, which was my tendency four years ago, you know, he could tell that, that I was upset. And he's like, listen, I'm sorry. He's like, I really just didn't want to be on the call. And I said, okay, but why? Because if you don't want to do this, then there's no point in me signing up because we have to do this together or it's not going to work. And he's like, no, 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 no. I want to do this. He's like, I put on a lot of presentations at work today. That's still pretty out of my comfort zone. I've expended a lot of energy and, and I just didn't have the energy, you know, for that call. And I sat there shell struck for a moment because never in like our 10 and a half years of being together has he ever communicated like that. He really helped me understand why he couldn't be in that call. And that's something that I totally get. As someone who has anxiety, who has social anxiety, who, you know, has a hard time showing up sometimes because I've been depleted with other engagements, like 100% speaking my language. So I told him, I was like, thank you. You know, thank you so much for telling me. Next time, give me a heads up. Like if this is something that you really don't want to go to, just tell me ahead of time, like, hey, I know we're supposed to get on a call tonight, but I really don't have the energy for it. And that's cool. That's totally fine. But I went into it thinking one thing when really you just needed to not be there. So being open with your partner, going into these conversations, like I said, with an open mind, with an open heart, and and really just looking at coming to a common ground rather than pointing fingers and that kind of thing. Now, if you have a partner that doesn't listen, isn't showing up for you, that is a whole different conversation. And, and that is not the type of person that I am talking about here. I am talking about you sitting down with your partner and them really listening to you and you really listening to them and you all working together. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. I'm not saying that it's not going to have hiccups. I'm not saying that it's going to work right off the bat. But knowing, having that initial conversation and opening up that line of communication is going to serve you far better than continuing to manage everything by yourself to continuing to build that resentment within your relationship. None of that is actually serving your goals. So let's shut down the negativity. Let's let go of the expectations that we feel somebody should meet. And let's actually have conversations with our partners to reach the goals that at the end of the day, you both want. No one wants to be in an unhappy marriage or an unhappy relationship. So have the tough conversations and then be able to move in a positive direction moving forward. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. That's all I have for you this week. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the CEO Shift Podcast. 
It would mean the world to me if you took a few minutes to leave us a review on wherever you were listening to this episode. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Oh, 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 oh